Hi, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Doing good? Good, good. Good to have you here. We're launching a new series today. It's called Poison, Killing What's Killing You. But instead of me just saying, here's the big idea of the series, what I want to do is I want to give you a sentence with some blanks, and we're going to play around with it a little bit, and I think it's going to help us figure out what the series is a, 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 a about. And so here's the sentence. The source of blank is my blank. And uh, I want to work with that with you. I want to give you some examples of the first blank, give you some fill-ins here, and that's going to help you uh, fill in that second uh, blank. So here's some examples of that first blank. The source of my anger and blow-ups and short fuse is my blank, all right? Or uh, the source of my uh, not feeling happy for my coworker who just got a promotion is my blank, yeah, and, uh, you know, ladies, the source of looking at that friend, you know, wearing those jeans that you wouldn't even want to try to fit in, and she looks great, but you're not going to let her know, is my blank, or the source of spending more money than I make because I want to have something so bad, is my blank, the source of, of not saying I'm sorry, even though I know it's my fault, is my blank. The source of fantasizing, you know, every time I see an attractive person, or the source of my constantly going to websites to look at attractive people is my blank. And then here's the last one for for us guys. The source of my refusal to ask for directions, even when I know I'm lost, is my blank. And you know what? It's worth coming just just to find out the answer for that one right there. So here it is. The source of blank is my heart. And so today we're going to begin a new series, and we're focusing on our heart. Now, I think all of us, or many of us, have an assumption that, you know, we've got a good heart, you know, that everything's fine with our heart. I remember many years ago, and I was in my 20s and living in Kentucky, and I went to the doctor, just a routine visit. He takes out the stethoscope, and he listens to my heart, which is normal. It's not surprising. But he keeps listening to it. And he goes to different locations. And I'm starting to feel uh, nervous. And then he asked me, has anybody ever told you that you have a heart murmur? And I said, no. And he said, all right, I'm sending you for an ultrasound for your heart. And I can remember just feeling stunned, you know, sitting sitting in the exam room in that moment because I never imagined that I might have something wrong in my uh, heart. Now, I didn't know anything about, you know, heart murmurs uh, back then, and, you know, there was no internet or Google where I could go and and read up on them, which probably would have just made it worse anyway, right? Um, And I told my parents, and they got worried about it. Make a long story short, they did the ultrasound, and they said, your heart's fine. And nobody's ever said anything else about it uh, to me, but it sure got my attention because I never imagined that I might have a problem in my heart. And I think we also have this tendency when it comes to our spiritual hearts, which is what this series is about. That unseen part of us that pastors and philosophers talk about all the time. That part of us that just swells up with pride when we see our kids do something great. That that invisible part of us that allows us to love and laugh and fear. It's that part of us where relationships happen and are broken. It's the part of us where moral decisions are made. It's the deepest part of who you are. It's it's your heart. Now, let me tell you where we got the name, how we came up with the name for this series. You know, many years ago, about the same time that doctor, when that doctor told me that I had a, a heart murmur when we lived in Kentucky, my wife and I, we moved into an apartment, okay? And we discovered that we shared the apartment with this large infestation of cockroaches 
Yeah, lots of them. And we called the landlord. They sent somebody over to spray. That really didn't do anything. And it just continued and really bothered us until finally somebody gave us some advice. And I thought it was crazy, but we were desperate. And we, so we did exactly what they said to do. And we went to the hardware store and we bought some poison some boric acid, which is this white powder, and we put these little piles of boric acid around the apartment, and then we sprinkled some sugar on top of the boric acid to attract the uh, roaches. But, wh- but what happens was while the roaches would eat that sugar is they didn't realize the boric acid would stick to their legs and their bodies, and it would get in their system and just poison them and slowly kill them. And they would also they'd carry that boric acid back to their nest and it would poison other roaches too, and it just wiped them all out. And I remembered that experience, and I thought about how this happens in our lives today. You know those, those fill-ins I gave you, those problems that I, that I gave you for the first blank? When we partake in those things, when we live out those things, it's because there's something wrong in our heart. And when there's something wrong in our heart, it's the equivalent of poison getting into our system. And we may not even know it, but the poison has an impact on our relationships, not just with other people, but our relationship with with God. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who's maybe swallowed some poison, maybe by accident or whatever it was, but you got to get some help, right? Maybe some of you remember these stickers, remember Mr. Yuck? Remember this guy, you know, Mr. Yuck is mean, Mr. Yuck is... Green, yeah, you remember the commercial. So you put these stickers on containers around the house that have poison in them to protect children. But if somebody ingests some poison, right, call the hotline number. There it is right there. Or you rush them to the doctor and they identify what kind of poison it is. And they give you a specific treatment or medication to just flush it out and get it out of your system. And that's the goal of this series. We want to identify some very common poisons that contaminate our hearts. And we're going to talk about God's remedy, God's cure for just getting that out of our heart. Now, Jesus actually talked a lot about the heart. In fact, if you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to open up to Matthew chapter 15. If not, you can follow along. The scriptures will come up on the screen. They're also on the outline in your program. And the reason Jesus talks so much about the heart is because he dealt with the source and he knew the source wasn't behaving better. Well, let me give you some background on what's happening here. Jesus had just performed healings and a large crowd of people start following him. They're hanging out with him. But Jesus finds himself in some hot water. Because this group of religious leaders uh, criticize Jesus. They accuse him of breaking one of their rules. Now, these religious leaders, they loved to create rules. In addition to the rules God handed down to Moses, these religious leaders added 500 more of their own rules. They created these secondary rules to help people, to keep them from breaking the primary uh, rules. But Jesus paid very little attention to their 500 man-made rules. And it just infuriated these religious leaders. Now, one of the rules they created had to do with a rule that maybe you have at your house, okay? This rule that you wash your hands before you eat, right? It's a good rule, but they just went way too far with it. And so instead of rub a little hand sanitizer, they developed this meticulous process of hand washing to make sure your hands were clean. You would start with your fingertips and you'd, you'd, you'd wash all the way up to your elbow, okay? And so if you stopped right here, they're like, whoa, 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 you broke the rule and you've got to start over. And so Jesus and his disciples are getting ready to eat, but they didn't follow these, these hand washing rules. 
that they had created. And so this angers the religious leaders and they criticize Jesus in front of this crowd of people and then they walk away. And then Jesus turns to those who stay with him and he begins to teach them about this issue of uh, cleanliness. And so look at what he says here in Matthew 15. It's a very interesting verse. Here's what he says. He says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? That's an interesting verse, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus, for giving us that wonderful picture uh, in, our, in our minds. But it got their attention, got everybody's attention. Then he continues, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them or make them unclean. Now, this is a new concept for these people. These people had focused on what went in to their body, what they touched and what they ate. And Jesus tells them, he says, God is not so concerned about what goes into your mouth God is far more concerned about what comes out of your mouth. And then he builds on this. And Jesus says, for out of the heart. And that's a huge statement. It's such a huge statement. We're building this series off that statement. And I'm going to come back. We're going to talk about that more. But he gives a list of things here that come out of our hearts. And so let's take a look at a few of these. He says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts or bad thoughts. Now, you might think that you know, bad thoughts come from your mind, come from your brain, right? Jesus says, nope. It's much bigger than that. They come from your, 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 your heart. And so if you've ever said, where did that thought come from? You know, where did that idea come from? Jesus says, I can tell you where it came from. It came from your heart. And then he continues. He says, for out of the heart come, come evil thoughts. And then he says, murder. That's a heavy one, isn't it? Some of us are like, well, you know, I'll admit once in a while I have an evil thought. Once in a while I have a bad thought, but I'm good on this one. You know, I'm clean on the murder thing. But what's interesting is that if you talk to people that investigate murders or maybe you watch uh, Dateline or 48 Hours, I, I watch those shows a lot. Maybe some of you do too. And if you watch those, you know, we, we know that when they do an investigation of a murder, who do they talk to first? Not strangers, family members, right? Close friends because a high percentage of murders happen in the context of a relationship. And why is that? It's because some sort of relational breakdown happens. Something stirs Inside the heart of the murderer, maybe jealousy, maybe anger, and it builds and it grows and it strengthens to the point it breaks through the rule, thou shalt not kill. And a murder happens. Murder is a heart issue. And Jesus would say, so are the anger and the jealousy that hurt relationships and even create the possibility of murder. And he continues and he says, he says adultery and sexual immorality uh, come from uh, the heart. This refers to abuse and rape and this mindset that I can do whatever I want sexually because we think sex is just physical, but Jesus says no. It comes from the heart. I mean, if you talk to a rape victim or an abuse victim, you know and they know it's much more than a physical act. And Jesus says how we treat our bodies, sexually speaking, it's a heart issue. Lust is a heart issue. Isn't this fun today? You know, aren't we having a, a good time with, with this? He says, for out of the heart come these things. And then he says, theft. Theft comes from the heart because it's often driven by greed. 
Greed is a hard issue. And then he says false testimony, slander. Let's lump those together. Those are often driven by jealousy or pride. I want to feel better about myself, and so I tear you down. I want to feel better about myself, and so I tell a lie about you, or I criticize you. And Jesus says all these things and many other things that he doesn't mention here, they all come from the heart. Now, if you're having a hard time with this, Maybe you're not convinced or you know, maybe you just don't uh, believe this. There is just so much evidence about the power of the heart. For example, every once in a while, someone does a study where they ask people questions like, you know, what would you do if you knew you could get away with it? What would you do if you knew there were no consequences? Maybe you've seen some of these studies. They'll ask people, you know, would you have an affair if you knew you wouldn't get caught and there wouldn't be any consequences? Would you murder somebody? Would you murder a stranger? You know, if nobody ever, if you knew, nobody would ever find out and you could get away with it. And whenever they do these studies, they discover a high percentage of people say yes. They would do things they know are wrong. They were taught are wrong. They believe are wrong if they knew there were no consequences and they can get away with it. And you think, why is that? Jesus would say, Jesus would say, it's just their heart. There's something lurking inside their heart, and and in a moment of weakness, it comes out. But, you know, we don't have to talk about studies out there and research out there. We We can talk in this room. We can talk about your heart. We can talk about my heart. It's those things you and I say, and we think, where'd that come from? Why did I think that? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Jesus says, it's your heart. It came from your heart. It's not a matter of behavior. It's not a matter of feelings. It's a matter of an unclean heart. It's like we've got some poison in our heart. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to continue to grow. And eventually, it's going to come out. And it's going to wreak havoc in our closest relationships with other people and our relationship with God. Now, Jesus wasn't the only one who talked about the importance of the heart. Rewind the tape about a 1,000 years, and we come to a king of Israel named Solomon. That's just a fascinating character. The Bible says he was the wisest man who ever lived, and he, he wrote on a lot of subjects. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. He wrote much of the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. He wrote about uh, relationships and family and business and work and ethics and morality and the poor and the rich. But here's what he said about this subject. He said, above all else, and think about that. He's saying, you know, I've written a lot of things, okay? And if you don't read anything else that I've written, if you don't read any of the other Proverbs, pay attention to this one, okay? Above all else, look at this, guard your heart. You know what it means to guard your heart? It means you watch what goes in and you monitor what goes out because everything that we do, everything that we say flows from our heart. In other words, we live from our heart. We work from our heart. We spend from our heart. We date and marry from our heart. We parent from our heart. We plan our future from our heart. We live from our heart. Remember, Solomon has a lot of important things to say, a lot of practical things to say. And he says, above all of it, you know, we've got to learn to stand guard over our heart. Because what's in here, whether it's good or bad, eventually gets translated into how we live. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this. And uh, we're going to learn how to monitor and protect and develop healthy hearts. And I know there's going to be some obstacles. There's going to be some challenges along the way. I can think of two. Here's the first one. Many of us, 
we never even consider the condition of our heart. You know, if I were to ask you, you know, how's your heart doing today? Many of us are, are, are like, never even thought about it. I don't even, I don't even know how to answer that. I'm not even sure I know what it means. And why would you? I mean, we've got so much going on. We've got kids to raise. We've got careers and work. We've got grass to mow and, and leaves to rake. There's just so many things that seem more urgent and important to us. Plus, think about this. It just seems like an awkward question, doesn't it? We don't, you know, how's your heart doing? We don't tend to talk that way. If I was outside in my neighborhood and one of my neighbors came up to me and said, Ben, how's your heart doing today? That'd be like weird, you know? I'd go back inside my house and call a realtor and get a for sale sign on my front yard. That's just weird. That's just, that's just, that's just awkward. We don't, we don't talk that way. We don't go there. We don't consider the condition of our heart. And we need to overcome that. We need to begin to overcome that and learn to think about it and talk about it. Here's another challenge that we're going to have to overcome. We're, we've probably never been told how to monitor our heart. We've never been taught how to do this. And so here's what we do. We, re, we react to our heart instead of understanding our heart and learning how to deal with it. You know, you know what, we were, what we were taught? Keep the rules, you know? Behave better. And so we say, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to start doing this. But you can only modify behavior for so long until what's inside of you, what's really inside of you, comes out. And so we're going to talk about how our hearts can change and how real change happens from the inside out. And uh, so the good stuff flows out of our heart. We're going to learn to deal with the real source of behavior. Reminds me of this odor that we had in our house for a long time. It was in our garage, nasty odor. I mean, it would make your eyes water. And uh, it just lingered. We could not figure out where it was coming from. And so we, we, we moved everything. We swept our garage out, couldn't, couldn't figure it out. We thought, you know, maybe an animal, maybe a, maybe a, a mouse or a squirrel got in our garage and died <laughs> and, and uh, started rotting and, and created this uh, odor. Uh, but we couldn't find the source of the odor. Then we started thinking, maybe it's in the laundry room that's connected to the garage. And we cleaned that out, swept it out, couldn't, couldn't figure it out. And for months, we couldn't find it. We, we, we finally just gave up hope until one day I'm in the garage and I'm looking for our cooler. We've got a little drink cooler on the shelf. And I, I grabbed it, and I opened it up, and it almost knocked me out. <laughs> Turns out my wife bought some frozen chicken, and she put it in the cooler to take it somewhere and forgot about it. And it sat for months and months in our hot garage, you know, rotting and uh, creating this odor. Needless to say, we threw away the chicken and the uh, cooler, too. But it never occurred to us to look in that little cooler. And I think that's true in many of our lives. Something stinks in our life. You know, maybe we got some thought patterns we can't break or behaviors we can't control or emotions that we can't control. And it's just stinking up our relationships and our lives and our relationships and our homes. And we wonder, where did this come from? You know, why did I think that? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? But we've never found the source of the problem. You see, many of us have something lurking inside of our heart, and we don't even know it. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some different kinds of poisons that contaminate our hearts, and we're going to talk about God's you know, remedy for flushing them out, because we're going to deal with the source of the issue, 
and that is our heart. Now, here's what's really good about this, okay? Here's what's really important. This isn't about behavior management. This isn't about try harder. This isn't about I'm going to church, stop doing this, start doing this. Behavior management doesn't, doesn't work very well. This is about learning to make healthy the part inside of us that life flows from. This is about partnering with God to develop poison-free, healthy hearts. And so I want to ask you to do four things, all right? Four things. Number one, I want you to be here each weekend of this series. I think this is going to be a very important and impactful series for our church. Number two, I want to encourage you to join a group. Get in a group. We've got lots of groups getting started this time of the year. It's a great time to join a group. Getting in a group with other people, helping each other grow spiritually is good for your heart. And we also have a group starting on Thursday nights. It's a short-term group. Starts this Thursday, meets here. There's child care led by John Howard. And they're going to study what we talk about in this series. So number two, join a group. And then number three, go to our website. We've got some daily resources there available to you that go along with what we're talking about. Some daily devotional resources that I think will help you that go along with what we're talking about in this series. And then fourth, and most important, this is the big one. I want you to give more of your heart to Jesus. You know, because we can't fix our heart, okay? This isn't about filtering our words, filtering our behavior. That doesn't get deep enough to uh, remove the poison, okay? We need a transplant. That's why God said, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And that's why the first step to following Jesus is, is to give your heart to him. Following Jesus really isn't about rules. It's about living with a new heart and a new spirit and changing from the inside out. You know, in the New Testament, when people would make this decision, they would express it through baptism, giving their heart to Jesus. And I know many of you were probably baptized as an infant because your parents loved you, and, and I respect and understand why your parents did that, but baptism is not just something you do, okay? It's not just something you have done to you. It's an expression of your heart. And so I encourage you to make your own choice to express your heart to Jesus in baptism. Doesn't mean what your parents did for you is wrong or, or, or meaningless. In fact, I think it fulfills, it would fulfill your parents' wishes for you to make your own choice to give your heart uh, to Jesus, in this way. And if you want to take that step, if you want to get baptized, we've got a baptism weekend coming up, November 7th and 8th. There's a card in the program. Fill that out. Put it in the offering bag later on or drop it off at the information center. We'd love to help you take this step. And then each weekend, we share communion. And we do this as an opportunity to give more of our heart to Jesus. We pause to remember what Christ did for us. The bread represents Christ's body. The juice represents Christ's blood. And so we pause to express our gratitude to him. And also, we pause to monitor our hearts and to renew our decision to follow him. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to pass the communion trays. And if this is new to you and you want to take a pass on it, that's fine. But I want you to know our communion is open to anybody who gives their heart to Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, thanks for your wisdom and insight about our hearts. God, our, our tendency is not to go here, we, to not consider going in this direction. But God, when we really consider the heart, we understand everything we do, everything we say flows from it. And so God, help us to open our hearts as we, as we take this journey. Maybe some poison's gotten lodged in there over the years or over the weeks. 
God, help us to be open to dealing with it because so much is at stake. And God, thank you most of all for fixing the source of our problem by sending Jesus to go to the cross to give us a new heart and a new spirit. And it's in his name I pray, amen.